Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders split their little mini-series with the Devils, and uh, we saw some good stuff and uh, some bad stuff, including a shutout by uh, a guy whose name I can't remember, Scott Wedgwood. I almost said Kyle Wellwood, but he was not a goalie, and he retired, I think, about five years ago. So, Kyle Wellwood. Talk about an unremarkable player. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Scott Wedgwood is a bit of an unremarkable goalie, yeah. but uh, he managed to shut out the Islanders uh, last night to tune a two nothing, uh, which followed a four one Islanders win that was uh, pretty workmanlike. I would say they they did a lot of good things. The Devils had a bit of a push in the second period of that one, but uh, it was pretty much all Islanders for the first and third. And in fact, the first period might have been one of their better ones uh, of the season so far. But um, you know, right now they're three and two. Um, it's very early. They've played, I think, probably the least amount of games of anybody in the conference uh, so far, or the division, I should say. And uh, I don't know. I mean, is it is it too early to worry about certain guys on the roster? I don't know. I don't even know anymore because we're always kind of worried around here. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure somebody's rolling their eyes and like, oh, come on, give me a break. But I don't know. Some guys, I don't know. I'm starting yeah. to get a little bit worried. <laughs> it's it's too early to worry about like the big picture, I guess. But but yeah, like the little things. Um, because like there are some teams out there that have really struggled out the gates, and you're like, yeah, no, if I was a fan of them, like like Vancouver, they've allowed oh, yeah, 33 yeah. goals in like six, seven games. Like I, I, if I was a Vancouver Canucks fan, I'd I'd certainly be worried. Yeah. Um. But 
like as a big picture wise, I'm not worried uh, because this is kind of where I expected them to be. So like three, one and one, three and two, whatever, however, two, two and two, however they were going to get here. But um, the there, like there are some like little annoying things that, you know, everybody kind of has picked up on. The, the most annoying one is that uh, if the Islanders uh, score, they win. If they don't score, they lose. And like, it's, it's weird that you can kind of tell what kind of game it is right away. Um, you know, like the, the game against the Rangers that they won, they came out and barnstormed them. And then the game against the, uh, the, the win against the Devils, same thing. Uh, whereas the, the loss against the Devils, like that, how many how many periods would have take would have it taken for the Islanders to score in that game? Probably like seven or eight. Like it it was, it, it every scoring chance was a minor miracle. Uh, yeah, there was. I don't remember a game. I mean, the Islanders have been shut out a number of times, obviously in that Rangers game too. But like the the thing about so in his post game uh, words after the last night's game, Barry Trotz you know brought up that Rangers game and he was like, that seemed just really kind of like an outlier. Like it was just nobody was on the right page. Everybody is, you know, just individual breakdowns all over the place. And it just was never going to happen with last night. I thought that, you know, in, in a lot of ways they didn't play all that poorly, but just none of their scoring chances were really threatening. Like they had tons of zone time, especially after the first period, but just none of them felt like they were ever going to go in, <laughs> you know, like a lot of, a lot of weak shots, a lot of the devils had a lot of blocks and not like the kind of like really big demonstrative blocks where they're like down on one knee or come sliding across or something. like just, just a puck. They would just turn their foot and the puck would just go off into the corner. And it just felt very, for lack of a better word, impotent, to be honest with you. It's just a very impotent feeling of just watching them play and being like, mm, no, it's not going to happen. And then as you know, it gets down to about five minutes and you're like, you know, could they score two goals in five minutes? Yeah, I guess. But it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> just did not feel like it was ever going to happen. Yeah, it was it's like that Bruins game. It was weird because it kind of felt like there was goals in that game, right? There were some chances. There was the possibility yeah. breakaway. Like there were chances. And yeah, this one, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, if the if people love to call the Islanders boring, like that was a boring game. Like we like to, we like to kind of push back on that, but that certainly was a, uh, it's, it's Sunday night of a, a game. You can get it really, it like felt like, you had to do homework for your class tomorrow. You if know, you skip the game to watch football, you didn't miss anything. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, but th- like there, there were, as tr- I think like the general consensus was uh, that a lot of people took a lot of good stuff away from that game. Like there was, there really were some, some, some high moments. Like we'll talk about Sorokin looked a little, he wasn't great, but he looked com- comfortable. Like, I don't. I don't think that you could have too many complaints about his game, uh, considering it was his second NHL game ever, uh, and what he was coming off of. So, like, there, there was, there was good, there was bad, but they, like that. We always talk about what an Islanders win looks like. That's exactly what an Islanders, like typical Islanders loss, looks like uh, for this for this generation of Islanders. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's let's stop and talk about Sorokin before we we head over to uh, Thursday night's game. Uh, I was surprised he started. Like I really, and I mean, I think I said on last episode too, I just figured with games every other day, they would just get Varlamov in there, get him in the, in the rhythm while Sorokin worked with the goalie coaches off the ice, got more acclimated, and then eventually played in the, one of the back-to-back games uh, against the Flyers this coming weekend, which we're going to talk all about those games coming up too. 
Um, but he, he started and I was kind of surprised and he looked much better. Um, it's surprising what I'm sure, <laughs> I guess Barry Trotz must have told him well in advance, you're going in tonight, you know, and told the guys you're going in tonight. Uh, cause he definitely looked a lot more comfortable. Um, rebound control was an issue. Again, Trotz noted that himself after the game. Um, the first goal the, by, uh, the internet's new favorite hockey player, Jack Hughes, uh, was scored. It was, that was a good, I mean, it was a laser right over his shoulder. It's going to get scored on anybody. He picked a top corner and he just happened to zap it right in there. So that, that was a tough one. And then the second one, it was a scrum, uh, and it bounced off of somebody and kind of popped right to Pavel Zaka who, who put it home. Um, there was another couple of juicy rebounds that ended up getting cleared away. Uh, the team as a whole played much better in front of him than they did against, again, against the Rangers, which was a total washout. Um, so that was encouraging. So there were some encouraging signs there. And, and again, I remembered, and I feel like if I, I may have mentioned this the first time, but you know, we've seen now this is year three of the trots era. And in both of the previous years, there were new goalies and it took time for those guys to kind of get to the point where they were just lights out every game. So like, you know, Robin Leonard left as a, an Islanders folk hero, but you know, for the first month or so, he was okay. Like he wasn't bad or anything, but there was definitely some moments of like, mm, I don't know if this is really going to work out. You know, it was a new guy, new team, new goalie coach, a new, new head coach. And it took a month or so before he really started to kind of look comfortable. And then again, by January of that, that season, he was lights out and he was basically the everyday guy. And the same with Simeon Varlamov. Like he did not, you know, he didn't play poorly when he first came to the Islanders, but it took him a while to get used to the style. So, this kind of feels like we're trending in that same direction. Again, now with Sorokin, new team, new coach, new goalie coach, new country, new <laughs> new language everybody's speaking. So new, new like, personal freedoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new league. It's a whole new ice surface, a different size. So there's this guy's gotta gotta adjust for a lot. So, you know, maybe that that time period gets a little bit longer, but it was encouraging to see him out there and it looked like he was having uh, a lot easier go of it than he did against the Rangers. Um, that being said, this is now two games. This guy started for the Islanders and they have scored a grand total of zero goals, <laughs> which is, I can't, that's, that's unbelievable. Like, I mean, come on, like that's, that's ludicrous. I guess if somebody's going to set a stat like that, it had to be the Islanders. Right. But I mean, it's almost like it's, it's almost unfair at this point. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, like you, you, you kind of put it right. It's, it's, it's sad that the Islanders are doing, very little to give to put this guy in and when I say the Islanders I mean like the players more than the staff but they're they're doing very little to put him set him up for success like you just you you'd love to do you know to 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 score five goals like for him and let him coast to a 5-2 win and uh that hasn't been the case so like every shot he's faced has kind of been a pressure shot um Mm. you know in that Ranger game because it was his first game ever and then for this one because it was a tight game um the rebound control definitely uh made me nervous um <laughs> but like in like in the last episode i was talking about how he was visibly maybe the first time i've ever noticed a goalie and being like eh, he's got to move over and like he just looked off like not in the right spot um obviously his positioning was much better in this game uh he, he was a very quiet what 22 save performance um i don't really remember many shots from the devils <laughs> after like the first or second goal i guess um, and the second goal too was there was some failed defensive coverage there. I think it was Nicoletti who was like pretty late. It was a bad rebound, yeah, for sure. But uh, um, then nobody was really picking up their guy. And um, the 
the, the other thing I've noticed, and, and Varlamov was the one who pointed this out, was that uh, when when we think about goalies coming from the bigger ice surface, we just we think about the space, like that it's like probably angles and like just like a weird adjustment that like your eyes and vision has to take in. But what I what he what Varlamov pointed out, and I never really thought about, it, was that these smaller rinks, what they, they it condenses the actions, obviously, because so you're having ten guys basically in a in a in a smaller area, so the chaos factor kind of mm-hmm. rises exponentially, and the and you can kind of tell that Sorokin feels like he's a little late to um, to like chaotic bounces, like a bounce off a shin, a bounce off the end boards, like he's right. a little late. The crazy thing is, he, he made a great save. I don't even know if he saved it, but he was he got over. Um, yeah. he did a couple of couple he stretched of over, yeah, that yeah. one save, yeah. And I, I think he did that against the Rangers too. Uh, early on, he he's he's very quick to get over, but uh, so if he can just kind of turn it, turn his like reaction or get used to the to the end boards or like the, the puck bouncing off of people's shins a little bit more, uh, you can imagine how good this guy's going to be because of his he's so good at moving laterally and uh, basically coming out of nowhere to make a save, but. Um, yeah, it's just like it in a weird way, like because obviously Noah Dobson has been so much better since his clunker against the Rangers, which kind of fret gave everyone a little bit of fright. Um, you part of this game, like maybe even more important uh, than anything else, was just Sorokin getting out of it without looking as poor as he did, and and so you can at least tick that box. And I think it was smart. I think it was the right team to to uh, start against because you're talking about like look the the Devils kind of are what they are. They're um, there are a couple good pieces, like you said. Everybody, everybody discovered Jack Hughes all of a sudden <laughs> a couple days ago. Even though he was the first overall draft pick uh, last year, all people are really patting themselves on the back for p- picking a bounce back year for a guy who uh, was the first overall pick a year ago. Like I just don't understand it. Um, but that's hockey Twitter. Uh, but like it's it's there's not much offensive oomph to the devils as there are there is to other games so I, I feel like this game was probably circled a while ago uh as his as his his true debut and um and that's why they stuck to it and uh it, you know he, he gets he definitely gets a passing grade um he's one of you know five players who i thought were kind of really acquitted themselves well like jg Peugeot, i thought was has been really good all season it's just like we can talk about like the elephant in the room is that <laughs> yeah that Ross Johnston um really isn't uh he's he's kind of hurting the team too much mm. right now <laughs> it's not good yeah let's let's yeah let's pause there um I, yeah so uh, another surprise in the lineup was and we talked about this last week this kind of rotating third line winger situation with Pajot in the middle and who, whoever knows who on the sides uh it had been Kiefer Bellows he had played really well Trotz liked what he saw uh, Oliver Wallstrom is kind of hanging out and he's just kind of ready to go whenever Michael Dow Cole came off of IR and slotted in and you thought, Oh, okay. We're going to see probably Dow Cole and Wallstrom maybe together, or maybe they're going to try Dow Cole and Bellows. And no, it was Dow Cole and Ross Johnston. Now we all like Ross. He's a good soldier. He's a good dude. He spent <laughs> that one year where he basically never played and just practiced and the guys all loved him. But to play a line with, Michael Dow Cole, again, a nice player with a nice skill set who simply does not score <laughs> with JG Pajot, who can score, who's on a power play. Like he's he's a, an offensively minded dude. Uh, and also Ross Johnson, who's not gonna score. And then you have a whole line below them of Casey Zekas, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. Again, three guys that can play and have a purpose, but chances are aren't gonna score. Now you've already handicapped your team 
going into this game. Now, I know, like you just said, the Devils are not, you know, this offensive juggernaut or anything. They're not the Leafs, to be honest, uh, or even the Bruins. Um, and this just, I, you know, I love Barry Trotz, and I always will, I think. And he's done so many great things for the Islanders. But, man, this just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And maybe they did it because it was the Devils. And the same thing, like you thought. I mean, you know, how, how many games did we watch as Islanders fans of teams starting their backup goalie against them? Like, yeah. it's just kind of the same, the same thing. But it, it ended up, you know, being a problem. And then it got even worse when Anthony Beauvillier – uh, left with a lower body industry industry <laughs> injury. Uh, he he's day to day right now. Maybe he plays tomorrow night against the Capitals. Who knows? But I mean, he left halfway through the game with an injury, and so now you're hampered even more. And it's just like that was just not, I think, conducive to uh, getting a lot out of that lineup. And and you could see again they had zone time, but they just weren't going to create anything, and they just nev- nothing ever kind of materialized. And so yeah. that. I hope is something we never see again. There's really no, you know, if Martin's healthy is a lot of people have said there's no reason for him and Martin uh, and to, for Johnston and Martin to be in the same lineup together. And if Dal Cole is healthy, there's definitely no reason for them, him and Johnston to be on the same damn line. Like there's just, I don't know. I don't see the logic. Anymore. Yeah. It's uh, there, if there was a moment yesterday uh, or yes, in yesterday's game against the devils that uh, Peugeot and Suzuki's were on the line together. They made a really nice play off the half board. Uh, and Johnston was playing on the ice with them <laughs> and he kind of was just like standing in front of the net doing his thing, you know, being big and, uh, trying to get in, uh, Wedgwood's, uh, line of vision and whatever, but he was basically just staying out of the way and Sezikis and Peugeot kind of knifed through this, the zone. Like they were connecting on a give and go below the dots and it worked that Sezikis gets a great, probably the Islanders, uh, best scoring opportunity to that point, uh, of the game. And it was because the Pajot was playing with someone who's, you know, not even, I mean, Casey Zizekas isn't a 40 goal scorer, but he's offensively competent. Uh, so that, that helps. <laughs> and that it's just very frustrating. Cause like you're, we waited all year, all season last year to get a third line center because we're like, well, we kind of have the pieces for a good, a decent third line with uh, whether it be breast Broussard or, or whoever. And uh, this time around, it's uh, it's like, we got we did the hard part, which is get the third line center, and now we're setting him up for and we paid a pretty penny for it, and and now we're setting it up him up for failure by yeah just just flanking him with um with I mean it's it it's because it's Dalcol is a passable player like if right. if it is if it is Dalcol it's got to be uh you know Wallstrom or Bellows and if it's Kamarov it's kind of got to be Wallstrom or Bellows it's like it's just it's it should hopefully you you know the the dream is the, the the two kids and Pedro, but uh, it's just, it's frustrating. Cause like you said, like Barry Trotz just does everything. He's like 99% perfect. And then he just reminds you that like, no, nah, there's, you know, not being an NHL coach still like, well, he'll, he'll frustrate you sometimes with that. Cause uh, it's just, yeah. Like you said, like lose, then you lose Beauvillier. Uh, and, and this, this silver lining to all this is that, the only way I honestly thought I, I could see Oliver Wallstrom getting a game is through an injury to one of those top six wings, and you just don't want to see that happen. So, like, if if Beauvillier is out against uh, the Capitals and Wallstrom comes in and plays well, then, like, at least he can force Trotz's hand. Uh, but, like, at the same time, I wouldn't count out – like, I would just not be surprised if we see – you know, second line, Leo Komarov, Johnston with Peugeot and Delco. Like, I just wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't roster that lineup, but, mm. you know, you just never know right now. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, 
because I thought the same thing too. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great to see Peugeot with Bellows and Wallstrom? But then, you know, I mean, we've all watched hockey long enough to know that, you know, coaches like the old veterans. And I totally understand why Trotz would not want to play that line because it sounds like a line that's a total defensive liability. (laughs) Um, Although again, Bellows had shown a great deal of progress this year in that. Like he had not been a defensive liability. The only person that really made a play to deserve to be yanked was Johnston. Like he's the only one. Right. So that's, yeah, that's the frustrating part. So, so maybe that, maybe it it could happen, but I again, I, if, if he just came out and said, like, I don't feel like comfortable playing the two kids on the line together, then that's fine. And, and, you know, play Del Cole then. Like, I think, you know, Bellows, Pajot, Del Cole line or Bellows or Wallstrom, Del Cole, Pajot line is worth taking a look at. But Johnston, again, we love the guy. He's a great guy. Big lug. And I'm sure that his teammates just love having him out there. But, you know, even going into that game, I was just like, man, I really hope this is only because it's the Devils and not, you know. Uh, the, the the Capitals are coming up next. The Flyers, those are both teams that can score a lot of goals. And uh, maybe this is just their their chance. Let's try it and see what happens. And, well, we saw what happened. Nothing. <laughs> a whole lot of nothing happened. Um, but that being said, like, we can't really put the fault for not scoring just at the feet of the bottom two lines. Their top two lines, too. Matt Barzell had a really rough game against the Devils on Sunday after having a spectacular game at times on Thursday. Um he had a, a, an amazing goal snipe right over Wedgwood's shoulder in the first period. And then later on, uh, Jordan Eberle had another beautiful, had a great goal to end that first period. And that whole period was just all Islanders shots were 15 to six. Looked like they were going to run away with it. Um, second period was actually most of the devils. Somebody named Nathan Bastion scored. <laughs> I never heard of him before. <laughs> I had to look up his first name. I never heard of him. Um, Brock Nelson was cut, but he came back and he scored a goal in the third period. And then Everly had another goal in the third period. And, and it was just, again, a very workmanlike win. And it was nice to see Barzell, Everly, Nelson scoring. I believe Lee uh, had a good game uh, also in that particular one. And, you know, that was nice to see. And then, you know, fast forward two nights and those same guys against that same team just could get nothing. Lee was almost invisible on Sunday Everly had a couple of chances, but he he whiffed. And, you know, we've seen that before. Like, he just gets snake bit, and hopefully it doesn't last too long. And Barzell was really, I mean, he tried, but he just couldn't really get anything working. And uh, they need more out of those guys. And even Trot said after the game, they need more out of those top guys. Again, Bovillia was hurt. But, you know, Josh Bailey only has one point through whatever it is, uh, five games so far. And, you know, we've seen him go through prolonged slumps too. And maybe this is it, but. Those guys need to contribute. And if they do, then, you know, maybe having a third line of, you know, JG Pajot and two guys that aren't going to score isn't that big a deal in the long run. But they need to do something because, like you said, right off the top, you know, it's either they look great or they get shut out. And it's you can't do that for the next whatever, 51 games <laughs> and expect to make the playoffs. It's just like, or, and expect us to still be around. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll become like an Amish person or something. Like, come on. like I can't watch that. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, I've, I, I, and nobody, nobody knows this team better than Trotz too. So like he, he we're, you know, it's not like Barry Trotz doesn't realize that this team is going to be offensively challenged throughout the season. Um, and he knows that Jordan Eberle and, uh, Andersley and Brock Nelson and Bailey. These are these are streaky guys, Beauvillier. So um, it's not like he doesn't know that he's got to find a way to he, with this team, especially like 
it's very important for them to have their most optimal high ceiling lineup basically every night uh, because, and they're also not going to get uh, as much offensive support from the back. Cause uh, at least, you know, for the time being, just cause Devon Taves is probably was, was their most uh, dangerous uh, offensive defenseman arguably, I guess, or, you know, it's pretty close, I guess, between him and Pollock just cause of Pollock shot, but like, it's so you're not going to get that support. Noah Dobson could and has looked really, really good in the past two games, especially uh, offensively and like just being a threat uh, from the point and finding seams for, to get shots through and stuff like that. But uh, it's pretty important that that there's guys up and down the lineup that that can pitch in, and uh, it's just not the case when you're when, when you're icing a, a line like that. And it's a, it's a, it's a He's he can't be perfect. If if Barry Trotz was perfect, then uh, we wouldn't he wouldn't be an Islander. So I guess uh, so. we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So that about puts a ribbon on them. Uh, you know, I I didn't want to get too down after Sunday night's game because uh, again Thursday night's game was fantastic. Like it really wasn't a whole lot to complain about. Varlamov well, looked great. Yeah, he got beat once, but I mean he made thirty saves and he looked really good. So uh, you know, it's good to keep that stuff in perspective, but. You know, again, I I keep focused on getting focused on those fifty six games. Like, there's just not a lot of time. This is not an eighty two game season where yeah, you got a couple clunkers. It happens, whatever. This is like the lockout season where it's like no, no clunkers. You can't have a clunker. You know. Meanwhile, I don't know if everybody remembers the first season, the first month of that season, the Islanders basically were in neutral. Like they just literally couldn't, couldn't buy a win, and then they made a sprint to the end and and got in. And I really, I really hope that they don't do that and they just are comfortably in the playoffs the entire time. Um, All right. We're going to take a break and talk about this week's games against the Capitals and Flyers. Please do not forget to leave us a review on iTunes and put your Twitter handle in the review so that you can enter for a chance to win some Islanders eBay swag straight from Mike's wallet. Uh, We got a lot of reviews so far. That's great. Keep them coming. Hopefully they're all five-star reviews, but uh, just leave us a review on iTunes, put your Twitter handle in there, and maybe uh, in a couple of weeks or about a week, uh, you'll uh, find out, we'll find out who wins uh, this week's prize, this month's prize. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of minutes to talk about uh, this week's games. All right. Thanks. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff there. Teams you've never even heard of. The Atlanta Knights, Cincinnati Mohawks, Cape Cod Freedoms. These are all real teams, and they all have 
uh, merchandise at vintageicehockey.com. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts. Uh, you can get them there, and our portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can use the code Lighthouse15, save yourself 15%. Uh, it's a pretty cool deal. You get a shirt, save some money, and you help uh, out uh, the Center for Dementia Research. That's vintageicehockey.com. Uh, okay, so the Islanders have four games this week, They're the back-to-back Saturday-Sunday, against some pretty tough customers, the Caps and then the Flyers, the two teams, two of the teams they beat in the playoffs last year. Uh, the Capitals lineup is in a bit of a state of flux <laughs> right now uh, for their players, including Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Ilya Samsonov, and I believe Dmitry Orlov were put on the uh, COVID list um, because they broke a rule. You're not supposed to be hanging out in a teammate's hotel room, and that's exactly what it was. Everybody's supposed to have their own rooms to kind of keep the spread you know, at a minimum. They are Teams are allowed to have like a, a common area where they're going to hang out. I mean, their teammates can't be in somebody's hotel room and they all decided eh, we're going to hang out in a hotel room and they all got busted for it. So they also got the caps are also got fined, I believe a hundred grand for that. So that's, that's no joke. Um, and now word that uh, Tom Wilson might be hurt. Uh, I can't, I'm sure that, you know, I can't underestimate how many people listening to this are like, please don't let Tom Wilson play in this game. So I don't know, maybe there's a chance he doesn't play. We'll see. Um, I don't care who's in, who's out. This is a good team there. Peter Laviolette is there now. Uh, and, I totally expect them to to come at the Islanders with whoever they have <laughs> called up from Hershey or whatever, or their taxi squad uh, to come up firing. And, uh, you know, I know they beat them in the playoffs last year with very little difficulty. Um, but I don't know. I feel still feel like the Caps are kind of a big brother in this situation. And, and I would like for the Islanders to kind of add them to the, the list of teams that they just beat with routine uh, regularity uh, because they're going to see them a lot. And, it's not a team that you want to get behind because you're probably going to be battling them for a playoff spot at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, and and you 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 kind of said it in in a way where you said you can't have a clunker, but really what you can't do is you can't string together clunkers, um, and that's what that's what makes the losses so harrowing, especially early in the years. That if one loss turns into three in a row, like you're you're going to be looking up at six teams ahead of you in the division because everyone in this division goes to overtime when they don't play the yeah. Islanders. It's yeah, that's another thing that's really irritating yeah. <laughs> so far this season. It's incredible. Like the Capitals haven't lost in regulation yet. They've lost three games, mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't lost in regulation. And they just went to overtime twice in a row against the Sabres. And they were shorthanded in those games. And yeah, they looked all right. Like they didn't look bad. They kind of, uh, Peter Laviolette loves his teams too. Uh, kind of play like they he loves to try to muffle offenses and like just, suppress shots as much as he can and uh that's the capitals are kind of doing that and uh they they just they the the key thing is like like this is kind of like the devil's series like you need at the very minimum you need two two points from these next two games against the capitals i mean i i think actually you need to shoot for three but um because when when it's the schedule kind of set up the way it did with the capitals losing um four four top end roster players uh, all of a sudden you said, okay, you need three of these next four games basically need to be wins. You're playing the Devils, who are without Nico Heischer and Jesper Bratt and Mackenzie Blackwood for one of the games, or both mm. the games, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot about yeah. That. so like you need, you, you're, you're getting kind of a little bit of a break that you need to you need to take advantage. Uh, and so these, these two games against the Capitals now become really important just because of the, uh, the kind of the extenuating circumstances. Like you need to, they need to take, 
uh, you know, three points, you know, if they, they get two, I'd, I'd actually kind of be disappointed, I guess, but uh, they're there for the taking. Like they, they, they don't have to worry about Alex Ovechkin scoring his uh, usual goal from the, from the top of the Islanders, you know, right circle or left circle. And uh, so they, they should, they, they're the better team. They're going to be the favorites in both these games. Like they just have to find a way to, to, to score. Uh, and the Capitals kind of, they're, I think it was Vitek Vanacek is, is the goaltender right now. He's been playing yes. all right. And uh, they just, if, if they kind of fluff up these next two games, like then I'm, we were talking about, you know, being worried in the beginning of the show. Like then, then you get worried because then you're looking at a back to back and all of a sudden, like you're at the 20% mark of the season or 56 game season, not a little short of 20, but uh, at the, by the end of these next four games, they're, they're going to be played. They will play nine of 56. So, uh, it'll all of a sudden you're talking about, all right, now we're in the middle, the, like kind of the middle part of the season, the beginning of the season, quote unquote, is basically over. Uh, so it's uh yeah, a little, a little scary uh, for a, for a, what, sixth game of the season, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, I'm looking at the, uh, the standings right now and uh, yeah, Washington's n- number one in the East with nine points, Pittsburgh, eight uh, devils, Bruins, Flyers, all seven. And then the Islanders, six. Um, and then Buffalo's right behind him at five. So, I mean, if they were to take four points uh, from these two games with the Caps, that would be monumental because then they would jump from sixth place to first, you know, barring whatever else anybody else does. So, I mean, that that's just a huge thing. But, of course, the Capitals are going to feel the same way. Now, I don't know if, if um, you know, if they take four points and they would get some separation from the other teams in the division. I don't know if that four-game ban – includes thursday's game two i feel like it it does i think it does yeah this is like a corner question but uh uh if it does great uh because again like you said now you know again we've we've all been at this a long time we know what it's like when the islanders go against a team that's quote-unquote shorthanded or undermanned and then they end up deciding to take the game off i can't i don't think trots is going to let that happen and i i hope that he doesn't let that happen because again there's not a lot of time to be messing around here um Again, the Caps, you know, uh, uh, what do you say, Wojciech Volsky uh, is their goalie, and he's been pretty good. You know, I mean, nobody's heard of this guy. He never played the NHL before, I believe, before the season, but he's been pretty good coming in. In fact, if anything, he was better than some Samsonov, who was the the nominal starter. Um, and, of course, like I said, they still have Nick Backstrom and, and John Carlson and TJ Oshie and a lot of the guys you already hate. Uh, so this is clearly a, a huge thing. Um Game the Tuesday game, by the way, the probably the night you're listening to this is on NBCSN. We'll talk a lot about that, a little bit about that, that more coming up. Um, and then f- Saturday and Sunday, so that's Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday, the Islanders play the Flyers. Now, the Flyers are another team that uh, they're three and two, uh, three, two, and one, excuse me, and they um haven't gotten off quite to the start that they expected to coming off of uh, a pretty darn good playoff run. They're not quite as uh dire as the Canucks <laughs> are looking these days. Um, but, you know, things just haven't clicked as well. Uh, Carter Hart looked so so great in the playoffs, and he's been very beatable this season, knock on wood. I uh, haven't just jinxed the Islanders. And uh, their top guns just really aren't firing either, much like the Islanders. Uh, Jake Voracek is firing at local sports writers. hey <laughs> he's he's hitting there. But uh, in terms of uh, on the ice, you know, again – they're not, it's not bad. They have almost the same record as the Islanders. They just haven't, you know, people I think expected them to kind of, you know, start out on fire and that just hasn't happened. But again, this is a team that, you know, you, you put it in their stark terms right now. Like if these two games, if these games get away from you, 
you could be looking at a season that's already over like 10 games in, which would be just monumentally disappointing. I don't know about over, but yeah, you, could, you put yourself behind. Cause I you, think yeah. the, the way you got to look at it is right. Like you look at the standings right now, the Rangers are kind of in that situation where, Hey, like a, two more losses in a row or something. And the rest of the division keeps picking up points. Like you remember, you know, that Mario party game where um, I think bomb mom, he like cuts the, the cord to the, yeah. you, like you're like floating. And he, cu- if you like put a or B wrong, he, he like cut, cuts the cord and you float away. That's kind of like what the divisions are going to be like these races. Like you just don't want to be, you want to shorten, shorten the pool as much as you can. Just, you got to outswim ever. you know, it's, you just got to outswim like the three three teams behind you, four teams behind you to get into the playoffs. And like, so if the Rangers continue to struggle, it's great. Like you, you kind of just want to take, you know, chop one, one team off at a time. And you expect that the Sabres and Devils will kind of, you know, end up going in that range. So it's like, if you can continue to, to collect results at like this three and two pace is, is honestly not terrible. You want them to take it up a little bit, you know, and, uh, it's if you can continue to kind of trudge along at this rate and you're going to at least start outlasting teams that are going to throw in the towel, begin selling off assets and whatever. And then the division comes a little easier. So it's like, you just, you can't fall behind. You can't threaten, be threatened to fall behind. Uh, and uh, four games in uh, six nights or whatever it's going to end up being always has that potential, especially when you're playing two good teams. Even if, even if the flyers are underperforming right now, like, these are two teams. You just wouldn't be surprised to see the Islanders lose four games in a row. Be soul crushing, but it just wouldn't be a huge surprise. So uh, you just, you just, you got to hope that they win tomorrow night. Cause that immediately relieves a lot of the pressure. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. You know, you don't want it to get away from you and all of a sudden you lose two games and there it goes. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll have to see. So this is a tough week. I mean, and, and what's funny is that in a lot of ways, January is one of is probably the easiest schedule the Islanders are going to have going forward. Uh, there's a lot of games against Buffalo in the next, the next month. And uh, you know, that that'll be their first look at them. But I mean, again, you know, Buffalo's not that bad. Like, so, I mean, even though they're quote unquote, one of the worst teams in the, in the division, they're still pretty good. I can still take two points from you. So, but uh, caps and flyers first. So we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, so I mentioned NBCSN a couple of minutes ago. Um, word came out this week that the, I guess, uh, whatever CEOs or the bosses over there have alerted everybody to the fact that at the end of this year, meaning December 2021, uh, NBC Sports Network will cease to exist and it will go away, um, which is kind of a shocking thing. The NHL and NBCSN slash versus slash outdoor life network uh is a partnership that goes back geez almost almost 20 years now right i mean back to i guess the first lockout i think was when they first uh came back and started doing that and uh and it's pretty wild now um they talked about now the nhl's contract with nbcsn i think is up at the end of this year at the end of this season so uh this doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing for hockey if even if they enter into a new contract um, they'll, they could get, um, uh, games played on USA network, which ironically is in more homes than NBC sports network, uh, or could end up on Peacock actually just today, WWE announced a partnership with Peacock. They're going to move all their WWE network stuff over there, give it to the network. So, you know, they're kind of making moves and I know I don't want another, yet another streaming service on my monthly bill, but you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. Um, 
But, you know, there's a lot of different ways to take this. And I want to say right up front, the obvious thing, which is that there's a lot of people working for NBCSN that are, are behind the camera, what they call below the line. And uh, this is going to impact them greatly. I hope it doesn't mean that everybody just sort of loses their jobs on December 31st. NBC is a big company. I'm assuming that some people will get like, you know, relocated or maybe get a chance to get reassigned someplace else. But I think a lot of people are going to end up looking for other other work. And and that's really sad. Like, that's really sad that that's it's got to come to that. And I, I hope that everybody, you know, can can land softly. Uh, our friends Dan and Noel uh, work in TV and it's a tough business. Sometimes, you know, you have a job and then one day somebody says, nope, you're done. And then you're out and you got to find something else. And it's it's tough. And I, I feel I feel for all of them. And, you know, that was my first thought when I heard that news was like, hmm, there's a lot of people that work for NBCSN that that are in for a rough year, you know. Um, that said, as a, as a fan, as a viewer, that news hit differently. And I mean, I feel like you and I are on the same page, so I'll just throw this out to you. We're both hockey fans. You're a huge soccer fan. Outside of a hockey game or a soccer game and maybe the Olympics every couple of years, have you ever had a reason to turn on NBCSN at any point ever for anything else? <laughs> no, it's just, and it's so sad because like it, like they do do like a little bit of like tangential uh, Premier League coverage or maybe like a little like side piece of to NHL coverage, but it's not like anything you tune in to watch. It's like the same top 10 countdown of the best goals since 2000 or whatever that they show uh, some random summer afternoon. So they just like in, in, in a weird way, it's, it's like, there's some like nostalgia that like, let's say they do move on from NBCSN and there's some nostalgia that I'll miss. Like, uh, you know, the old days, like I loved watching <laughs> that, that era of hockey when they were playing on outdoor life network was one of my favorites. It's just like, I was one, we were one of, two of very few people that were watching, you know, <laughs> yeah, the games, but, club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can't remember them. Like for some reason, I always associate Chris Campoli with, with the OLN logo. Like, I just feel like he was, when the, the Islanders were playing, you know, their lone game on uh, national TV, if you can call it that, that uh, Campoli would score. And, uh, you know, DiPietro too, I guess was a OLN uh, superstar. Cause he was the only player that anyone on the OLN broadcast knew played for the Islanders. But uh, it's just like they just never they they failed. <laughs> it's like hard to it's hard to put it in another way. It's like you it, when you take over they, and it's weird because they, they did such a good job. They do such a good job with their Premier League coverage because they really lean into um, what what is a Premier League fan watching for? These people, myself included, get you get up at seven in the morning on a Saturday. Like give them the product that that they want. That they that they're going that they're going out of their way to, to to watch like they want to watch this sport like hockey fans and soccer fans are kind of similar in the fact that like if 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 you aren't one of us like we'll we'll just tell you how much you're missing out and how passionate hockey and soccer fans are about their sport like it's it's very different because you do they do sort of live below the mainstream um, and whereas NBC Sports got it so right with the Premier League they just never did with the like. Mike Milbury was on this channel since till what this year. So like, it's, so it's like you, there's no, the bulk of hockey fans make fun of, they spend when they're watching Mike Milbury, they're doing it and they're tweeting something snarky about him. It's like these, these people understand that like the NBC sports executives don't like, they're not idiots. Mm. They know, they know who Mike Milbury is and what he, he does to like kind of the hockey watching masses. 
And they just, they never took the opportunity to take this league, which is basically a blank slate in terms of like, you you can turn it into whatever you want. It's like, it's, there is, since it's so below the radar of everyone else, like if you start marketing it in new different ways and thinking of outside the box with your broadcast and whatever, um, it, it could have, it could have been a huge success, but they kind of just went to the, uh, like the old kind of boring tropes about hockey and, and never, never really let the sport grow in the way it should have, or given it even like they don't give their fans the respect they should have. Like, I mean, think about Sunday. Sunday was a huge day for NFL. It was the, the I think it's the biggest day of the year ratings wise. The NHL instead they put five games on uh Saturday, the game the day there was no NHL. Uh no NFL and then 11 on Sunday, which is very unusual. Usually Saturday is very heavy Sunday. And NBC, the game that they chose for national television at 12:30, the only game that doesn't have a football game going up against it was between the two worst teams in the league. <laughs> and and yes, like we get like it comes like they still go by ratings for some reason and like it, that that's what pays the bill even though nobody understands it that like Detroit and Chicago I guess are you know they're still big markets even when they're bad but like that's the whole all you all these people do is talk about how they want to grow the game and they want to introduce new audiences like the way to do that isn't to show them the teams that are going to finish 31st and 30th in the league on the on the network i just don't understand it and that like those kind of decisions have been made by both like the league and, and nbc for 14 15 years now yeah the the thing that i keep coming back to is that they just never really sold hockey to anybody else that wasn't already watching like, you know, we're already watching. So, like, they don't need to sell us. And, in fact, what they were trying to sell us, we didn't want. And I, and I keep coming back, and I'm not blaming him for this whole thing, but I can't – we can't let it go without mentioning Pierre Maguire, the signature single supernova of hockey fan hatred out there. I don't know who at NBC Sports Network – loves this guy so much that they just put him. I know they took him off like the main broadcast, but he's still there. And I was watching a game last week. It was uh it was a, a Penguins it was like it was Penguins Capitals, I guess. Uh no, 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 it was uh it was uh, Wild. It was Wild and somebody else and Nick Bugstad is on the Wild now. And you know, Nick Bugstad has been in the league for 10 years. 10 years this guy's been in the league and Pierre is droning on and on and on about his his time at NC, you know, the University of Minnesota and the NCAA, and why he's he knows he can score because he he was so good at the University of Minnesota. The guy has been in the league for ten years. Like, what what are we going to learn from his time in in college that we don't already know from his ten years in the in the NHL? Like, I don't understand. And he just this is what this is what they think hockey fans want. They want a guy droning on about KHL teams and junior teams and. NCAA teams, nobody cares. I, I I don't know if I've told this story on here before. Like my breaking point with Pierre was when it was the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to say it was the year with, Tampa Bay was in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I want to say that was the year they got uh, uh, Ryan Callahan. Maybe he was still a Ranger at the time. I don't even know. And like it was, it was either in overtime or late in the third period, and he was going on and on about his his time with the Kitchener Rangers or whatever it was his junior team. And I'm like, who cares? Like, wh- why are you telling me this right now? I don't understand what purpose does this serve to talk about a guy's junior career when we're in the third period of an Eastern Conference Finals. And then, like, if you watch the football games last night, they're not talking about Tom Brady's time at Michigan. 
right? They're not talking about Aaron Rodgers at <laughs> USC. Like they're they're talking about what's going on right now. Tom Brady's won six or whatever Super Bowls. Rodgers. They, to- they also don't have Pierre, like a a person in at the fifty yard line. Right, like wow, shoving their their opinions in all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. three man booth. Nobody needs a three man booth for hockey. I'm sorry, they just don't. It's just it's too much going on. They don't need it. But like this is a small, you know, these are small nitpicks for a larger, you know, problem, which is this. It never sold it. And like I'm, I'm a hot, uh, a soccer novice. I only really put it on in the mornings because. It's not Food Network and it's not Disney Channel, you know, which is what my my wife or my uh, my daughter would be putting on at that time. And it's live sports and it's fun. You know, it's a fun sport to watch. And they never do anything like that. Like they just go for it and they just talk about this. And if you got to catch up, then you just catch up. Like they just talk about dudes. I don't know who the hell they are. They know and they tell you. And it's like they they rotate in different teams. There's all these. Sometimes there's a team on. You're like, who? Like I never heard of these guys. It's not the same Penguins, Flyers, Blackhawks, uh, Rangers, Capitals, Triumvirate that, you know, or, you know, cartel that we keep seeing over and over again. They spread it around. And and, and in fairness, NBC's gotten better about that lately. I mean, again, the goddamn Minnesota Wild were on the other day. Like, that's that's not, it doesn't happen too often. Heck, the Islanders are on, on, you know, Tuesday night. But it just, you know, as a product, it never made me feel like I was kind of, you know, part, uh, I was home. Like I never felt home and I'm a hockey fan. Like I'm tuning in because I want to watch your product. And I still never felt like I was really, truly comfortable watching these games. And then you got, like you said, Mike Milberry. I mean, nothing, nothing sells a sport more than some Frankenstein, like old bastard <laughs> complaining about PK Subban dancing in warmups. Like that's, that's a really a great way to sell your sport, right? Like, man, I'll never forget. He did that. Like, dude, come on, seriously. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just it's exasperating because it's like <laughs> every sport since what two thousand since basically since we can say social media or since like OTT services started with and uh, whatever has grown exponentially. Right. Like the NBA is a cultural force oh, yeah. now. It's basically yeah. like the, the third house of the of legislator. Like they their power the cultural power of the NBA is is massive. Like power, massive. Yeah, you tangible. You can feel it every day. Um, the NFL obviously still is just like, you know, <laughs> it's basically like the sixth wing or seventh wing now, I guess, of the American military. Like <laughs> feels, that's how big it feels. And, and right. obviously I'm joking. And then MLB of course is, is very, uh, it's ingrained. It's the, the pastime. And, and I guess of, of the, the four, the, the other of those three, like MLB is probably the closest to the NHL's predicament right now, just cause it keeps shooting itself in the foot. Um, but the, the, the MLB's problem is a little different. Whereas it's like, labor strife more than just bad marketing um by the network and i guess the league involved but it's it's just very frustrating when you turn in when you tune into a game on nbcsn and and like a good one like like if a big one one that might have ramifications for the islanders you know let's call it you know i don't know bruins penguins whatever you want to call it uh and and like you said like they they spend their airtime talking about Jared McCann. Yeah. Jared McCann, like his junior days or they do that. And, and they just don't ever give you any reason to get invested in the people that are playing the sport. First of all, like the, the, the culture of the sport at all. Like there's no, like there's some great hockey traditions out there. Like there's some great reasons wh- why we, we think like the Nashville predator fan base is, is nuts or like for the Islanders, like why the Islander fan base is nuts. Like, 
it's just they don't ever really get into those moments like they did in the Premier League too. Like they, they'll explain to you what, what makes this club who it is and unique and they never really do with the NHL because like you said, they, they go to the same uh, teams, the same, that's a great way to put it, cartel. Like, And they're just like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Sidney Crosby retired and when he retires, like the Penguins and fly, like when the Penguins play the Capitals the next game, like they'll still be using Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin's pictures on like the game poster. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, they just don't, they haven't realized that like, if they put a little bit of effort in, like it went and listen to, to kind of the masses. And, and, and I guess like, hockey fans can sort of take some blame too, because it's, it's like hockey Twitter is just so terrible at the yes, moment. It's just, also true. And, and, yeah. Like every, every little thing that any d- team or uh, network, the league does get scrutinized. Like they, all, all you hear on hockey Twitter all day is like the league needs to do a better job promoting this player or whatever that they need to market their player better. But also here I've, you know, taken this player, same one I want to see marketed and, and reduced him to three math algorithms. Like it's, it's like, you can't have, it, you can't really have it both ways. If you're complaining about the league, not like lifting players up and then bringing it, bringing that player down. And uh, at the same time, it's just, it's, 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 there's no one's going to ever win that way. Um, and we, we're very nostalgic hockey fans. We talk about uh, like, like I think of Sergei Fedorov to me is like the first hockey player that like I would watch highlights of and being like, Whoa, like this, this guy is crazy. Like I, I can't believe Sergei Fedorov plays the sport I love. And I probably watched like six Sergei Fedorov games in my life because I could never, they were never on TV. Like I couldn't watch the Red Wings game unless they were in the Stanley cup. And now, and now that the league has kind of broken that barrier down, everyone has, and they, they have opportunities to like, I still can't watch, you know, unless I pay a, a lot of money out of pocket to see Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid or whatever. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's crazy that they haven't solved even the simplest of problems. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it's a, it's a hockey fan problem too. Yeah. Uh, and you know it's it's funny. I'm glad you brought up like Drysaddle and McDavid because I, I don't feel like Canadian hockey fans and and Canadian media guys understand this predicament. Like they, I don't think they quite understand because again, they're tuning into NBCSN if if it, at all because they're hockey people. You know, they watch Sportsnet and, and I guess mostly Sportsnet, probably not TSN or they do CBC. I guess for Hockey Night in Canada, but like I don't think they quite understand how little presence this sport has in this country. And honestly, like, and this might sound like hyperbole, but like, I think a lot of it is, has to be laid at the feet of their, their broadcasting partner. Like that just NBC has never done a damn thing to grow this sport in any meaningful way in any point. And, and, you know, again, you brought up the capitals before they, they might be like, I know that, you know, the penguins, we talk a lot about the penguins and that kind of era, you know, was almost kind of uh, part and parcel of what this NBC sports era was, you know, the penguins and the NBC sports kind of go together. And that's true. I mean, at least they've won three Stanley cups, but like with the caps might be the ultimate NBC SN team because they just promote the same guys over and over again. And I'm not the first person to say this, but I 100% agree with it. If you only ever took in hockey, you know, via NBC SN, you would think that TJ Oshie is the greatest player in NHL history. Like you would think (laughs) that he's Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Gordy Howe, Rocket Richard, Mike Bot, you name it. Like he's he's the one guy who can always score. And and it all goes back to his time at the Olympics, that that shootout against Bobrovsky at the Olympics, which was like a singular moment that was like really hella cool. And and TJ Oshie's a nice player, don't get me wrong, he's a really good player, obviously, but like 
come on now. Like we've been slobbering over this guy for years now. And, and how has that grown the game? You know, I mean, I'm sure TJ Oshie has grown the game because he plays for a good team and, you know, he, he, I'm sure Capitals fans love him, but I mean, outside of the sport, nobody knows who's nobody's heard of TJ Oshie. Like I work with a, an office full of sports fans. Nobody has ever heard of TJ Oshie, except for the other two hockey fans <laughs> that I work with. Love, shout out to Dan and Paul, if you're listening, but um, yeah, you know, it's just, so like, you know, on one hand, like hey, we've, we've ranted enough, I guess about this, but like, you know, it's, it, it's a big announcement. Yeah. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Cause it, it also, it, it could go two ways. Like it could go really South for the, for the NHL. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're saying like this, this, this league was playing on the outdoor life network 15 years ago. So like, it's not like this, like there's not a chance that this completely blows up and the NHL does play like everything on Peacock and nobody watches or whatever. It becomes a pay pay per view sport only. And, uh, but there's also the opportunity that, that someone else, you know, does swoop in or somebody, you know, takes over and, and does take the league to the, where it should be going. And like we, the Island, there, there's always like that running joke among Islander fans, like, uh, and I, as a kid too, I always took offense to it, but that they were just never on ESPN or NBC sports or OLN or whatever. Like they maybe get one game a year. Um, and then as I got older, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. Like that, that I didn't have to deal with this. Like I was yeah, happy yes, that I didn't have true. to watch it. Like just cause of how, you know, terrible uh, the product's been. And, and then, and I keep thinking about the NBA, man. Like you think about that show, uh, what, I can't remember if it's TNT or ESPN. Oh, inside the NBA. Yeah, with right with Shaq and with Shaq. Barkley. Yeah, and... exactly. Like they have this show that just it just clicks. Like if you if you turn it on, it's appointment viewing viewing for every NBA fan. The right. people on the show are beloved. Like they are beloved. So like they they that makes a huge difference. Like just think about how backwards it is that they they show people that nobody in the sport that they're supposed to be talking about likes. Like. Nobody like that's think about how backwards that is. Instead of being like, Hey, this isn't working. Let's get, you know, who, you know, hockey fans love, they love, you know, whoever they love. Right. The worst Not GM that of, in any, yeah. anybody's ever heard of. Like that's right. the guy they want. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So like, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And, and the, like you've, you heard all off season when the NBA was trading, every superstar got traded that they're like, Oh, you know, why is not this ever happened in hockey? It's part of the reason it's just like, it's because just, it's never it's it's not like it's not this cultural force like there was a big trade like two of the best players in the league got traded this week and what and nobody did anything nobody cared everybody just complained about who won and who lost and (laughs) whipped out charts left and right about like why Patrick Laine's won and I mean why the Blue Jackets won the trade or why the Jets won the trade no it's like get nobody got excited about it because there's no there's, there's no you know inside the NBA where you're like Oh crap! Like it's Saturday night. I guess you know hockey night in Canada is it in Canada, but in the U.S. there's not nothing like that to turn to tune to to be like, all right, let's get stuck in and talk about Pierre Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine and and here, you know. Yeah, but if there was like a thing like that, people would just complain about that too. Yeah, that's very true. Just, that's you know, they would just be like, because it'd be like a you yeah. know, Don Cherry or whatever, or something. Right. Like Maybe not him, but you know, be Brian Burke and a bunch of other guys, and so and like it's okay to be buttoned up like hockey. You can't, you know, I don't expect NBCSN to like completely change how this it is. And you can't change. I mean, hockey players are buttoned up guys. Like they're just, they're quiet. They're always, they're all like this, you know, they're all, they're all Anders Lee's really in a lot of ways. Like they do what's right. They smile. They tell you that, you know, it's bad. They, they went out and played the right way and, or, or, you know, next time we got to come and, and show more effort, like that kind of thing. And that's fine. But like, you can still do that in a way 
you could still be that and then be shown in a way that draws other people in, you know, like the, the EPL coverage from NBCSN is not like, you know, fireworks all the time. Like, again, I don't really know what's going on, but I, it's, it's a competently made thing. And it makes me feel like this is cool. I want to be part of this and I want to watch this, even if I have no idea what's going on, you know, it's just kind of cool. So um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this could be, this could end up being a good thing. It could end up, you know, blowing up in the NHL's face as, as things often do. Um, you know, maybe ESPN once a, a league partner, you know, boy, talk about, you know, Sergey Fedorov that when I hear that name, I immediately th- hear Gary Thorne shouting his name yep. at a, in a playoff game. So yeah, like I mean, the ESPN two logo. Cause right. Yeah. But see, then, then the problem becomes like you're one of a million sports on ESPN. So, right. But I don't know. So we'll see. Oh boy. All right. So yeah, there's a lot to chew on there. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for our uh, NHL media <laughs> round table. Well, yeah. we'll have Richard Deitch on next week. Yeah, right. Athletic. <laughs> get, into the, get into the X's and O's of, of that. Yeah, right. It's just, but it, it like, it's just, it, it is frustrating because there's nowhere else we, like, you, you can't right. go anywhere else too. That's the other problem. Like, my, exactly. my bosses at work are always, they're always like, why do hockey fans, like, why are they like this? And I'm like, because there's, there's nowhere to go. Like, they, they ask, like, why they thought the athletic committed so much, uh, so many resources to NHL coverage. And it was, and I was like, well, because the, like for me, the Islanders have had an average of like 0.8 beat writers. <laughs> like, like that's, that's like, and, and I'm, and we're not alone. Like there's, right. there's, there's probably been a seasons where like the Arizona coyotes kind of just got ignored by the Arizona newspapers and the ducks and whatever. Like, so we needed, a, we needed a place to go and, and NBC sports like, like, Oh wow. Like at least it's NBC. Like we're attached to some sort of legitimacy. And then it, like you said, it wasn't ever home. It wasn't a place to go. Uh, and it's really unfortunate because it still is it still is a hell of a sport. As much as we hate it. As much as yeah. we hate it. And, and you know what? It just occurred to me, and we'll end on this. NBC Sport NBCSN was the Barclays Center of the NHL. So yes. there you go. It was it was fine. It just but, never felt like yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> man. There you go. I like I love that. Point eight beat riders per season. That's great. Because that's hundred percent true. I, so, but I, I, I mean, when I would talk to my friends in college, they'd be like, you know, I'd just be like, oh yeah, like I know who Fluta Shinzawa is, because because like I need to sometimes read the Bruins newspaper to find out about the Islanders. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. I mean, yeah. I, when I was a Stan Fischler intern, I used to read all those. Uh, out, out, this was in the early days of the internet. Like I used to just log in. He wanted all those clips, and so I would just spend all my whole day reading other columnists talking about the Islanders, and it was like. I mean, not really. They were talking about their teams, but like we never heard about the Flames or the Canucks or the Oilers here in on Long Island. We just never did. So it was fun to hear about that. But yeah, it's it's again, this is a problem that I don't think any Canadian media writer or uh, hockey writer or hockey fan even understands exists. But we know all too well. Okay, I think we've we've done enough enough damage here. Mike, where can everybody follow you to? talk about the Islanders and uh, lots of other subjects. The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, I had a new column out. Uh, I recommended a book on wrestling called uh, We Promised You a Great Main Event. If you're into wrestling, it's a pretty cool book by a guy named Bill Hanstock. Used to be an SBN writer. He's a good dude. Loves comic books. So 
he's a uh, he's uh, on my good side all the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about it. So uh, you know, the Islanders games are all at seven o'clock again. Tuesday's game is on NBCSN. Check it out because there probably won't be too many more of these uh, in the future. And uh, then the other games are all on MSG Plus, I guess, uh, for the rest of the week. Okay, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for a lot for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review so uh, we can enter you into our contest. And I will talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye.